Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded July 26, 2021. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we review what we learned in the second full week of 2Q reporting season. Three big things to know. First, the overall tone from management teams did improve in week two relative to week one, with a focus on strong demand and cash deployment, increased confidence on the second half, and COVID concerns that appeared to be toned down. Second, while we generally sensed a better tone on the ability of companies to manage through margin pressures, we also came away with the impression that management teams are inclined to see general inflationary and supply chain pressures as enduring a bit longer. And third, while upward earnings revisions are still happening, we continue to see a softening in earnings sentiment, driven by deterioration in financials, consumer staples, healthcare and utilities specifically, and value defensives and cyclicals more broadly. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major providers. Now let's jump into the details. Takeaway number one. Overall, the tone from management teams did improve in week two relative to week one. The stock market moved up pretty significantly last week, but it is worth noting that the individual stock price reactions to earnings prints stayed pretty mixed, with 41% of the companies that reported rising 1% or more in the one-day trading session that followed results, and 42% actually falling 1% or more in the same time frame. Those stats are similar to the trend in place for the entire reporting season so far. We are also seeing, however, a clear divergence in performance between companies beating consensus on earnings and revenues so far and those that are missing, with those that are beating moving higher, as we'd expect, and those that are missing moving lower. At the same time, we're also seeing a shift towards higher quality take hold that's not entirely divorced from earnings. The companies that are beating on earnings and revenues are clearly skewed towards bigger market cap names. Looking beyond the stats and more closely at the management commentary, we saw a number of positive themes in our transcript review. One of these themes was strong demand. The strong consumer and business demand remained key themes with 75% having a positive tone on 2021. We also thought a couple of the banks that reported early last week did a much better job highlighting the case for loan growth that's around the corner than the companies that reported the week before. Another positive underpinning was the better tone around guidance. We saw more of a willingness by some companies to express optimism on the second half this past week, and companies raising guidance are being rewarded in terms of share price reaction. Another positive underpinning remains the cash deployment backdrop. This persisted last week, even as the companies reporting and the S&P broadened out beyond financials. And importantly, COVID concerns also appeared to be toned down last week relative to the prior week. In week one, COVID came across as more of a clear concern, while last week it came across as more of an issue to monitor, with several companies highlighting how challenges posed by the Delta variant could be managed and were unlikely to derail the recovery. I thought this was true of the airline commentary in particular. Takeaway number two. While we generally sensed a better tone on margins last week, we also got the impression that most companies think inflation and supply chain pressures are unlikely to disappear anytime soon. On margins, more than twice as many companies are now in the expansion camp as opposed to the flatter contracting camp, and nearly half have discussed strong pricing power. At the same time, an increasing number are expecting inflation to persist as opposed to being transitory. 
Interestingly, on labor, there were admittedly some glimmers of hope, as some companies have highlighted how they've been able to manage through labor pressures with efficiency programs, retention programs, or compensation adjustments. And last week, we actually continued to find a handful of companies that highlighted how they expect labor pressures to abate. But we didn't find the same nuances in the inventory and supply chain discussions, which have become some of the biggest challenges discussed this reporting season. Companies are generally citing lower than desired inventory levels, limited capacity to meet demand, and continued shortage through the end of the year. Wrapping up with takeaway number three, while upward earnings revisions are still happening, we continue to see a softening in earnings sentiment at the margin. On full year S&P 500 EPS, the bottom-up consensus for 2021 has moved up to 195 from 193 over the past week, but 2022 has been flat at 214. As a result, the implied year-over-year change for 2022 has actually come down a little bit. Additionally, the percent of earnings revisions to the upside for the S&P 500 broadly has slipped to 74% in July, down from 78% in June. It's worth noting that this does look pretty lopsided, as that deterioration has been driven by financials, consumer staples, healthcare and utilities specifically, and value defensives and cyclicals more broadly. And the last point I'll make on this issue is that nothing has changed so far in 2Q reporting season to suggest that 2Q itself won't be the peak rate of change in S&P 500 EPS growth. Current bottom-up consensus estimates are tracking at 70% for 2Q, 25% for 3Q, and 18% for 4Q. It's just hard to see how any further upward revisions will take back half numbers above that 70% threshold. And the problem with this, of course, is that historically the S&P 500 has been down six months after seeing an early cycle peak in the rate of change in earnings growth. To be sure, stocks are consistently higher 12, 24, and 36 months later, suggesting that peak EPS growth rate of change is likely to be more of a short-term stumbling block for the market as opposed to something more nefarious. But it's an event that does tend to cause some short-term indigestion in the market nonetheless. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.